Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a Shares for Beginners quick tip. Essential lessons. Questions answered. Caleb Silver is the Editor-in-Chief of Investopedia, a US-based stock market education tool. In this quick tip, he talks about some of the factors that investors should think about when they're approaching markets for the first time. He talks a little bit fast, but he makes a lot of sense. Well, it's never been easier to invest in the stock market. So you don't have to have $10,000 or $50,000 or be an accredited investor. You can start investing literally with $20 today, and you could start by buying fractional shares of stocks, if you want to buy stocks, that means you don't have to afford the $2,000 a share or whatever Amazon is trading at. You can buy $20 worth. It's a fractional piece of that. So you can do that. But I always say for folks getting into the market for the first time and even experienced investors, index investing is probably the easiest way to go and the one that's going to allow you to sleep at night. Why? Because it gives you access to an entire index, whether that's the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrials, the Russell 2000. You can pick your index or what we call ETFs, exchange-traded funds, which trades like stocks, but they're really just like indexes, index mutual funds, but they trade every day, every second of the trading day like a stock, gives you access, gives you diversification, and gives you the ability to get in and out without heavy fees. One of the uh, points that I'm always thumping the table about on this podcast is that uh, ETFs is the simplest, easiest, most cost-effective, lowest risk way of getting into the stock market. However, if you want to start looking at individual stocks, and here we're talking about the barbell approach or the core satellite approach, where you can have a lot of your portfolio in index funds or ETFs, and then start learning about how to buy individual companies. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm all for investing in individual companies as long as you take a diversified approach or a barbell approach, as you say. So let's just say you're fascinated with space exploration. Well, there's a lot of public companies out there you could invest in, but if you bet everything on one company and they have problems with their spaceships or their launches or regulatory problems, then you really put all your eggs in that basket. But if you buy an ETF that addresses space exploration broadly, then you can invest in the companies that are taking people to space. You can invest in the companies that are building the rockets. You can invest in the companies that are doing the mapping and the telemetry exercises that these spaceships need to use. So there's all kinds of ways you can surround that investment by using an exchange-traded fund versus saying, I know which one of these stocks is going to win in the end because the reality is we don't even know. And here's a great example of that. Jeff Bezos, who founded Amazon famously, one of the richest people in the world, has said to his, his company, his entire staff, we may not be around in 20 years. The greatest companies in the world go through these enormous booms and then they fade away. Even a company like Amazon might not be here in 20 years. So if you look back into the history of publicly traded companies in the US or really around the world, what happened to a lot of those great companies that were once the giants that we don't even talk about anymore? General Electric is a classic example. Still a very great and interesting company, but it used to dominate the stock market and dominate the investor consciousness in the 70s and 80s. 80s, we barely even think of it anymore as part of the mainstream companies that we would invest in today. So what are some of the main mistakes that investors make? 
Well, they try to time the market and they try to decide that they know exactly when the right time to buy a stock or an ETF or an index fund is. And you can't really do that because you don't know when that's going to go up or down. But you do know if you look at and you do your research, you can look at the history. And the history is not always the best guide for the future, but it does give you a pretty good example of how things play out with this individual stock or this index fund or this ETF. So you can look at that and investors are constantly thinking that they have the answer or that they know better or somebody told them the answer that they have a lot of respect for, so they're going to go with that idea and they put all their eggs in one basket. So the lack of diversification is the biggest mistake that investors make, but also risk management. Now, investors always have to ask themselves, what is my threshold for loss? How much of a loss can I take and still be okay? And if you can't take a loss of more than 10% or 20%, the stock market's probably not the best place for you to be because 10% drops like the one we're experiencing now, bear markets, these are not bugs of the stock market. These are features. These happen over time. You have to be able to invest for the long term and take those downturns and then invest more and be there when the stock market picks up again because traditionally it always has for the past 150 years or so. So that's diversification. That's also having that time horizon and knowing your threshold for losses. And if you say, I can't take a 10% loss, there are ways to set up your portfolio where you can stop out of that trade if you don't want to be involved in it anymore. But that's risk management. So you have to have the risk management, the time horizon, the diversification approach, and the ability to know that you can't control what happens inside the market, but you can control how you invest, whether that's regularly every month, or if you do it every quarter, you can control those things, but not what happens inside the market. And experiencing the loss, the loss is only crystallized if you actually sell out. And that's part of the psychology of it, isn't it? That your portfolio might be down 20% in a correction, but you don't necessarily have to cop that loss until you actually sell. And that's part of the psychology of managing your own emotions, isn't it? That's right. You don't take the loss until you sell and you don't take the profit until you sell. So you have control over that. And that's one thing that investors don't realize. And a lot of people will say when the market's down, like it's been lately, oh, my 401k is in tatters. Well, yeah, it is on paper, but you also are not cashing out your 401k tomorrow unless that's what your plan is. And if that's what your plan is, you shouldn't have been so heavily invested in the stock market anyway. So you have control over when you buy when you sell and you don't realize the losses or gains until you actually do so. And then there are tax implications too. So even if you made a lot of money on a trade, you got to remember that you're going to pay taxes, whether those are short-term or long-term taxes. So you got to think about all of those things as an investor. But the way to do this, especially for beginners so they can sleep at night, is to buy into index funds and buy a little bit every month. We call that dollar cost averaging. One of my favorite terms, which is make it automatic Every month, I'm going to spend $100 on my favorite stocks or my favorite ETFs or my favorite index funds. I'm going to just set it up automatically through my account so I don't even think about it. I don't know where the market is. I don't know where it's going to be. I just know that I'm going to continually invest. And by doing that over time, you can take advantage of the magic of compounding. And compounding is that fairy dust, that magic dust that's sprinkled over the stock market that allows your investments to grow exponentially over time. But you have to be regular about it. You have to be patient. And you have to make it automatic. Otherwise, your own psychology, the animals in your own mind will take over for you and tell you when to buy or sell. And that's no way to win. Now, you'd have a lot of experience of the data from Investopedia. What are some of the most searched terms in Investopedia? 
Well, it really depends on what's going on in the world. So these days, as we're looking at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, we're getting a lot of questions about the top oil producers or how much oil Russia exports or how to trade this spike in energy prices or how to trade against it. So we have some opportunistic readers who are always looking for the angle of how they should play it. But we also have people who are coming to us constantly just to learn, what does this mean? When I see this term out there, like economic sanctions, which is super popular right now, what does it actually mean? And how many sanctions can a country take before its economy is threatened? So we're getting a lot of that. But generally, people have intentions when they come to us. Very few people browse Investopedia. I'm one of the very few people that do it. But very few people do that. Most people come to us through a back door, a side door, through the attic, underground, because they have a very specific intent. And that intent can be how do I start investing with $1,000? Or how do I get exposure to the e-commerce sector without picking individual stocks? Or what are the top performing oil ETFs over the past three months? They have a very, very specific intention. And so we try to have very specific answers for whatever those questions are. That's why we have so many articles on the site, over 36,000. So which parts of Investopedia are most useful for beginners, rather than coming in through the back door or the attic, as you say? Where can we direct them straight away that will be most useful for them right now? Intro to investing, investing basics, investing fundamentals. How does the stock market work? What is a stock? You ask Google or any search engine you use those questions, you're going to see Investopedia at the top of those results or come right to the site and type that right in our search bar. We're going to have that answer for you right then and there. So the very basics of how it works is something you should know. You wouldn't go drive a race car without reading the manual and really learning and practicing how to drive it. Same for investing. You know, this is your money, this is your hard-earned money, and this is your livelihood and the wealth you want to build over a lifetime. Start at the very beginning, as Julie Andrews likes to say, because it's a very good place to start. But because without those fundamentals, without that foundational knowledge of how things work, when things don't go the way you think they're going to go, you're going to find yourself in a panic situation. And that's not the way you want to feel as an investor. You don't have total control, but you do have control over the things that you can control. We want you to learn that through Investing Basics, Intro to trading, intro to investing, how do I start investing with $10,000 or $1,000? All of that will put you on the right path. And then when you're in that article, you're going to see on the left margin of that, you're inside a journey because we know that people have a very specific question, but it's usually tied to another question. So we try to put our content together in a way that makes sense for the reader so that if you've asked us that question, how do I start investing $1,000? We're going to give you the answer. And on the same page, we're going to give you a guide for your next steps. How do you sign up with an online broker? How do I do risk management in my portfolio? How do I select the right ETFs? So start in with a very basic question, and we've got a whole galaxy of information for you. Phil Muscatello and FinPods are authorized reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 